you know, in a few years, we're going to be at 1 billion, 1 billion people around the world. That's one in nine people that don't have enough food. That's ludicrous. How can we make change? We have to, I think, first start with changing ourselves. What do we need to know about food waste? And what can we do as individuals to help our communities waste less food? Even though sometimes we may feel like just one person in this massive world, why is our presence and sheer existence so important in helping to shape trends and society? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. To check out our limited 2019 Green Dreamer planners created to holistically support all that you do this year, just head to greendreamer.com. Your purchase will also support the planting of 50 trees and the continued production of Green Dreamer, so thank you so much if you get to find something that you love. More on this later, along with a discount code just for you, but for now, on to our episode. Let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. Our guest today is a zero-waste vegan chef who never wastes food and resourcefully creates delicious meals while being an avid voice for sustainability and environmental conservation around the world. Recently, his work and advocacy towards eliminating food waste, reducing our plastic waste and consumption, and his low-impact conscious daily lifestyle has been featured in publications including Now This, BuzzFeed, and Mashable. If you're not already following him on Instagram, make sure to do so, and you'll be able to find his social links and website in the show notes at greendreamer.com slash 106. Before we dive in, I did want to tell you that I believe he was in the corner of or next door to a kitchen when we spoke, so you may hear some cooking activities going on in the background that I guess could kind of add to the feel of this conversation, so I hope it won't be too distracting and you'll still be able to hear the conversation clearly. Anyhow, Green Dreamer starting off with what inspired his passion for nature, here's Max Lamana. You know, it all started when I was a child. My mother would tell me to pick up other people's rubbish and garbage on the ground whenever we went for a walk in nature or on the street. And she always told me that to never litter, take care of our planet. Mm. And so it's always been instilled since I was a child. And as I got older, I started looking, started looking into my life a little bit more and seeing what I wanted to bring into my life that brought fulfillment. Not long ago, maybe less than two years ago, I started really striving to make an, an Im- impact on myself and as well as the environment. I was getting tired of seeing this, the same old uh, tips, you know, drive less, use less water, carpool with friends and those sort of tips. And I thought, okay, there has to be something more than just those because I've been doing that, but I, haven't, I don't feel like I'm making that much of a, uh, an impact. So I started looking a little bit deeper and I thought, okay, let me look at my surroundings. And the first thing, the first place I looked at was my garbage bin. And I saw food sitting at the top of my garbage bin. And then I started researching ways to waste less food. And then the snowball effect from there. So then what inspired you to become a chef in the first place? And were you always a zero waste vegan chef or when did this focus come in? I was vegan first. Uh, I went vegan over six years ago, back in early 2012. And zero waste, that lifestyle decision changed 
just a year ago, about uh, October 2017. And my father was a chef. My father was a self-taught chef, and I've always been surrounded by food ever since I was a child. I grew up having a garden in my backyard. My mom made wine. So we we're always there was always this like personal connection with food and creating creating something with food, whether it be wine or whether it be food on my plate. And so I never really thought that I wanted to be a chef. I just went day by day having dreams and aspirations as a, a young teen and a young adult. But I noticed that I was always working in restaurants. My first job, I was 16 years old and I worked in a pizza restaurant making making pizza dough. I then moved to Sydney, Australia in 2016, 2017, and I was a chocolatier. Last year, I was working for a Michelin star chef. Again, over time, it just started one thing led to another and it made more sense. Well, so in the case of you being a zero waste vegan chef, do you think that you're a rare breed having these focuses as a chef? Absolutely. There's people out there that are in the zero waste movement. There's people out there who are vegan in this movement. There's definitely people out there who are cooking zero waste, but to come across as a zero waste and vegan and advocating for sustainability, I, I definitely feel that I'm a, I'm a rare breed. It's, it's interesting to comprehend and for my part, because speaking to other people, people want to know, oh, who's your Who's your inspiration? Who else is doing this type of work that you're doing? And it's hard for me to like find someone specifically. How do you think your specialization in these things have either limited opportunities for you or opened new doors? That's a great question. Right now, I feel it's slightly limited due to the fact that I'm managing myself, getting the opportunities that I've had via people reaching out to me or myself reaching out to others. But I think that there is a call for this. And then you'll, we'll see in the next, I would say in the next couple months, next year or so, we're going to see more of these zero waste restaurants pop up. We're going to see more zero waste vegan people advocating. We're going to see more of this. Um, so and I think brands and companies specifically are trying to find a, a way to incorporate this into their daily practices. And that's where I come in because I'm consulting with restaurants and I'm consulting with businesses and corporations and companies to A, be more sustainable and live with less waste. And then there's also the, the food aspect too as well. It's a journey. It's a process that I'm going through as well as uh, companies and organizations. So what gave you the courage to even like go down this path, knowing that there's not somebody ahead of you who's already done these things as you have? You're asking the most awesome questions. <laughs> this is this is the best interview ever. What gave me the courage to do this? <sighs> In spite of not having like an example to follow or... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, You know what? From a young age, I'm 29 years old and I'm still bringing up my parents. I don't think any 29-year-old really speaks about their parents as much as I do. Since I was a child... I remember my parents saying, you're different, be different, embrace your own personality, embrace the, the characteristics that you have, take each step, step by step. I guess it's always been part of me since I was a child. I, I, I didn't speak until I was five years old. I was taught sign language, so I was different in that essence. I was slightly held back in school. I was placed, I didn't miss a grade, but I was put in a different classroom to take tests because I always wanted to finish first. So I was always like this odd kid standing out from the crowd. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up either. So I was always active in sports. I always try to find 
a haven, some sort of place where I was comfortable. And that was always like playing sports, but I was always the, I was always the odd person out and I was always picked class. I'm like, why, why is this happening? You know? And I think I like embraced that uncomfortability and embraced like that challenge because I said, you know what? I know I'm really good. For example, I know I'm really good at basketball. Why, why are these kids picking me last? You know? And then I said, okay, you know what? That's fine. Like that's what they're giving me. Now it's time to prove to them, like who can play basketball. Right. <laughs> so like now the opportunity has has been placed in front of me and now it's 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 in my hands to do what I want with it. So instead of fearing the unknown or fearing what makes you different, uh you you're really embracing it and using this capitalizing on this in essence. Yeah, I think yeah. that's I think that's where a lot of creativity lives is in that space of the unknown and that space of fear. And just embracing it and just giving it a try. I feel like we're at a stage where we really have to question the status quo and kind of make ourselves get out of our, com our comfort zones to get into that creative space. So what's the best piece of guidance you can give us in terms of really getting over the hunch of fearing what other people think or just fearing the unknown in general? Just do it. I, and that's my, that's my favorite. This is my favorite one. It's the Nike quote. Just do it. Just step outside of yourself. Give yourself a, an opportunity to fail, and just keep failing and falling down. And and maybe maybe <laughs> there, here's this famous quote again: "You fall down seven times, get up eight times." We're at a pivotal moment in history, where we're the first and the last generation that knows what's going on, and we can do something about it. Mm -hmm. Meaning the waste that is being created, the impact that we're having on our environment. It's time for change. And we can't just continue saying it's time for change. It's time for change without actually changing. We need to put the pressure on. We need to pressure ourselves, pressure our legislations, pressure our governments, pressure our cabinet members, pressure everyone who's involved, write letters, speak up, stand up, let your voice be heard. Well, for you, through your activism, uh, leading by example, and also, you know, sharing what you're learning along the way, you've been able to attract quite a following on social media from people really wanting to learn from you and follow your footsteps. What do you think has been the hardest part about building your platform and getting this message you want to share out there? You know, I joke about this whenever I speak to an audience. I said, I don't care who follows me. You're going to follow me if you want to follow me. What I really hope is that the people who do are making a change. So I can have five people who follow me or I can have 700,000 followers or 10 million people who follow me. Whether those five people are all inspired and they're making positive, destructive changes or it's 700,000 people and those people aren't doing anything, I'd rather have the five. It doesn't matter. I don't care about the, the notoriety or the, the publicity because it doesn't matter if no one's doing anything. And in a sense, I feel like that's how you've garnered this growing audience as, as well is because you don't really care about the numbers. It's more about you caring about speaking deeply to people in a way that yeah. can inspire. I see people who are like, when they reach like a milestone, when they reach like 20,000 and they reach 50,000, every time they hit like another zero or five or K after their, their number, um, they're celebrating. They're like, look how many people I found. I'm like, I'm not going to go to my, my, my grave or my, my, de my deathbed and say, I wish I had 
20,000 more followers <laughs> so I can, ha- you know what I mean? Like, it's more about that human to human connection and inspiration. Exactly. I'm going to take those words from you. It's more <laughs> about that human to human connection. It's about us all being connected together and all of us doing something about it, about what we see. I get messages regularly where people feel I'm making changes. I went zero waste. I went vegan. And I, sometimes I cry because I'm like, oh my gosh, like all I'm doing is sharing my story and sharing how I made simple changes. And that has inspired everyone else. So the little that we do can inspire people from all around the world. And I had this, I had this idea the other day. I look at myself in the mirror and I see the clothes I'm wearing and I look at myself and I'm like, wow, I look like the person who I just saw down the street, you know, in my neighborhood. Why is that? We're all affected by our surroundings. We're all, even though, even though I don't know that person or who that person is, or had that conversation with that person, I was affected by that person. You know, we don't need to say anything. It's sometimes it's our actions that do all the talking. My next question for you actually was going to be, what do you think you've done intentionally to be able to reach people this deeply that you've impacted them in such a positive way? When I was living in Australia back in 2016, I was there for nine months and I lived with no phone. I turned my phone off and I'd occasionally turn my phone on every month and write to my parents and say, hey, I'm alive. But then I would turn the phone back off. I wanted to make this big, this big drastic change in my life so I can have clarity. And with that, I was also off social media for close to two years, a little over two years off social media. So when I came back to social media, I thought, okay, my, I'm clear. My, my head's clear. My mind's clear. My goals are clear. Do exactly what you would want to do if you wanted to create change. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to be positive every day. I'm going to, I'm going to inspire people through uh, things I share and the things I do. I'm not going to post pictures that are, you know, <laughs> look at me. I'm, I just went shopping. You know what I mean? I think there's so many people out there that call themselves influencers. And I've even heard that term used for myself. And I always like, I cringe at it because I don't even think I'm an influencer. What I think and what I like to be considered is an impactor. Somebody who's making an impact because we can be influenced by anyone. And this goes back to that person who I look in the mirror and I am wearing the same clothes. That person influenced me. Well, I want to go into food waste a little bit. I know this is an area that you're really passionate about as well, in addition to uh, cutting down on plastics as part of that waste piece. So what's something you learned about food waste that you feel like most people may not know but should know? Food waste. One of the biggest largest wasteful industries in the whole entire world. There's over 800 million people in the world today that don't have enough food to lead an active lifestyle. That just blows my mind that there's close to, you know, in a few years, we're going to be at 1 billion, 1 billion people around the world. That's one in nine people that don't have enough food. That's ludicrous. How can we make change? We have to, I think, first start with changing ourselves. So look inside your bin. What are you throwing away? Throwing away food? We need to be better shoppers. How do, we be, how do we become better shoppers? We create lists. Look in your pantry. Look in your cupboard. Look and see what you have. Use what you have. Cook what you have. I love when I go to a restaurant and they say they're all out. They're sold out of food, which means 
they don't have enough of the uh, recipes to put together a dish. So that's a good sign. They're using all the food that they have. It's great. But then there's also the other side of it too, where we go to a supermarket and there's a pyramid of 700 red apples. Why do we need 700 red apples in this grocery store? There's only 30 people that walk into this grocery store on a day. So I'm starting, and I think we all need to start, is reaching those the, the, the upper management, the, the manufacturing, the farming, because they're wasting about 1.3 billion tons of food a year. About 40% of food that is produced for human consumption is lost or wasted, and that's not even accounting for the food when it ends up in our home. And once it gets into our home, that's a whole other story, and there's a lot more waste that's happening. So we should definitely become more aware ourselves as individual consumers, but also a lot of these businesses can have huge impacts if they were to just make the smallest changes to their policies because just they operate at a massive scale. Absolutely. And we're being influenced by them because we don't want to be bothered sometimes. You know, we just go to work, do our job, go home, eat food, turn on the television, go to sleep, do it all over again. Maybe that's perfect for some people but i think the brands too need to need to be more aware and conscious of the 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 imprint that they're feeding no pun intended but the, what they're feeding to 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 us they need to be more mindful and conscious and aware of the damage because people will just will flip on their phone and see what kim kardashian is doing what positive you know Shout out to Kim Kardashian. <laughs> um, but we have to be one step ahead. We have to make our own choices versus us feeling affected by somebody else. Mm. I never tell anyone to go vegan. I just tell people, I'm like, if you can, eat more plants. Leaving that as a question, if you can, eat more plants. Because eventually you'll come to terms with it. Maybe I want to eat more plants. Giving you the power, giving you the choice, giving you the reason to make that that change versus like in your face do it or don't do it you know people don't like to be told what to do <laughs> people don't like to be told what to do it's since we're since we're children mom tells you go to bed go to your bedroom and you fight and scream <laughs> don't don't tell me what to do and on that note of inspiring businesses to change um in terms of food waste, what do you think we as individuals can do to support this? So you mentioned contacting management. Uh, what what can that look like for us? First, don't stop shopping at supermarkets, huge conglomerate supermarkets. Shop at those. If you can, shop at a farmer's market or grow your own food. You can minimize your waste there. But then I think we can all take it just another step forward. Reach out to these companies, call them, send them an email, write them a letter. Visit them at their headquarters. Share your story. Start petitions. I think when we're all together, when we all stand up together, we're a much louder voice. It's simple as that. Like they're, they're, I'm like, is there another way for this to happen? You know, just have to do I'm it. trying to look. I just do it. I'm looking for like this, like light bulb, lightning strike to hit me and say, oh, this is what we're gonna do. Hey, maybe it's a flash mob. Maybe you, you started. You do a dance. And it's all, you know, uh, choreographed food waste. Get creative. Get, be, you know, we're seeing people in every market today, whether it's fashion, food, chefs, musicians, actors, and, and artists, and athletes all around. They're, they're getting creative in the way that they express themselves. We need to get creative 
and ways of expressing the things that matter most. We have to bring more entertainment and creativity to this space of activism that can often feel very serious. 100%. And I feel like in general, across the board, we've become very disconnected as a society from nature, especially in regards to food, because most of us just take things off the shelves at supermarkets uh, or get served food at restaurants. So a lot of us don't really think about that journey of the food from where it's growing to transport to ultimately ending up in front of us. How do you think we can collectively inspire a deeper connection between humans and nature through food? You know, I was living, I'm going to go back to a story, back to Australia. Australia has really had an imp- imprint on me. And it, I was visiting this sanctuary and this gentleman had hooked wires and some sort of device to these plants, to the leaves, to the roots. And the wires were connected to a box. And the box was able to transmit and, or translate the energy that was coming through the plant to the wire. At first, some of the plants didn't, you know, they didn't speak. Or as the gentleman was saying, the, the plants will start to sing because each frequency, the level of different frequencies played a tune. And so he's t- basically saying that all plants are communicating at all times. The roots underneath, they're all connected. They're sending messages to other trees. So like if one tree is in danger, if there's a disease, if there's a, a fungus or a parasite that is uh, attacking one tree, the other trees have a defense mechanism. So they're we're all created. The same thing with mushrooms. Mushrooms underneath connect with the other mushrooms underground. When I heard about that, I thought, wow, we're more connected to everything than ever before. If, plant, if this is proving that plants can feel my energy, what happens when I cook food? What happens when I eat food? And so I really started practicing mindfulness through cooking. Mindfulness when eating. Take my time when I cook. I play music when I'm cooking food. I dance with my food. <laughs> because we aren't what we eat. We are what we consume. If those plants are picking up the energy that we're transmitting and sharing, that's going to go right back to us. It's like a circle. Everything's connected, right? Yeah. And I think it's undeniable that at this point, we really have to reduce our overall meat consumption, especially from places where most of that comes from factory farms. Like in addition to the ethical issues there, our planet really can't sustain this standard American diet. And while we do have people eating less and less meat and people, you know, trying out meatless Mondays or uh, going vegetarian and vegan, I believe our global consumption of meat is actually still on the rise. So what do you think Mm -hmm. we need most today to be able to inspire the general public to at least try meatless Monday for the first time or switch one of their protein sources to plant protein? I'm so excited about this because we're at a time right now where we have alternatives. Six and a half years ago when I went vegan, I didn't know where to look for alternative meats. I was eating salads. Now I can eat anything. I can have meat, you know, in quotations. I can have vegan meat. I just had a vegan burger for lunch today. Try it. You have nothing to lose. You're not going to die. Your taste buds are not going to die. (laughs) If you try, you're going to feel better. You're going to have more energy. You're going to have better night's sleep. I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying that. But there's facts that show that eating more plants has a major health imprint. We know what the animal agriculture is doing to our world. And 
you know, I don't really advocate for this or don't really, um, I guess I advocate it being vegan, but I don't share this, this message often. But what do you think the animals are thinking? What do you think they're feeling? Because if we're connected to plants, that pig or that cow or that chicken, they have a face, they have eyes, they have a family hopefully answer that question. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I love that you just first and foremost lead with good food because at the end of the day, people just want to eat good food. So by starting with that, I feel like that alone can attract more people to try this out. Yeah. You know, with change comes challenges. With change, everything changes. When I went vegan, my taste buds started to change. My body started to change. My hair started to change. My face started to change. Everything started to change. And that was scary at first, but then I just, okay, I'm going to give my, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to allow myself to fail, but I'm going to go back to this because I think this is the most healthiest way for someone to live. I think this is the most impactful way we can live for our environment. And then there's the animals too. That's, I mean, I don't need to go down that road, but we, (laughs) we know that. And there's a, this beautiful quote I came across and I've been sharing it is climate change is on your plate. Bringing something that's so big to something that's very tangible. Yeah, exactly. And then stepping beyond food and waste, which are of course huge topics within sustainability. What do you think we need most to accelerate towards a thriving planet? We all need to come together. It's happened in history. It's happened over time where we as a community we as, we as people, we come together to, to help one another. I'm meaning, and it could be the smallest thing, where you know I live in New York City or where, if I'm living in London, we all speak the same language, and that's the language of love. But the coming together is, can be small, and it can be so powerful that, you, again, this goes back to being influenced by seeing something or being observant and witnessing something, whether it's helping someone lift someone's baby carriage up the stairs as they're leaving the the subway, you know, in New York city, that happens all the time. I'm always that first person. I, I like run to the front. If I see somebody with a baby carriage, I'm that first person to ask the person, Hey, can, can I help you lift the carriage up the stairs? Nine times out of 10, they always say yes. Someone said to me the other day, cause I did this here in London. I lifted, I asked the person, I said, can I, can I help you? And they're like, yes, please. And the person next to me saw me and she says, wow, you're, you're a good human. And I said to her, I said, we all are. And then she, she started getting emotional. I said, we're all, t- we're, all, we're all in this together. The reason I'm here is because you're here. And we're all here to, we're all here to share that. That's beautiful. We need more of that human-to-human connection. Yes, it goes back to that. Well, what's next for you that we can look forward to and support? You know, a lot is happening, but I, <laughs> everyone's going to find out very shortly. I, unfortunately, I need to um, not share any information at this moment. No problem. Uh, yeah. And on that note, where can we stay updated on all this information and follow you online and on social media? Exactly. You know, you know where to find me, Eating with Max. Yeah, my website, Facebook. I'm going to be on YouTube. I'm on YouTube right now. I'm across all social media platforms. So if you want to feel feel to be inspired and make change and come on over. Before we go into our final five, I wanted to give you a discount code in case you're interested in our 2019 Green Dreamer planners. They feature our major Earth Awareness Days, 101 Self-Care Reminders, 
gratitude lists, weekly simple suggested actions to take and cross off, minimalist weekly and monthly planning pages, extra bullet journal pages for customization, and more. And again, each planner contributes to the planting of 50 trees through international nonprofit Eden Reforestation Projects. If this sounds like it'd be helpful to you and you want to support Reforestation and Green Dreamer Podcast, just head to greendreamer.com slash planners to see our six beautiful designs and use the code greendreamer for 10% off. Again, that's greendreamer.com slash planners and discount code greendreamer. For now, on to our final five. Let's power through. What's an uplifting social media account or publication you follow? Lonely Whale. I'm big supporters of them. I love what they're doing. Sierra Club, trying to save our rain for our, our forests and our trees. And then it's even down to like the activists. Like, I'm not sure if maybe you've come across him. His name is Earthling Ed, Ed Winters. He's an animal activist and he does it in such like a compassionate way. It's very inspiring. What do you tell yourself to stay inspired and positive? first words that come out of my mouth in the morning are, today's going to be a great day. I say that to myself like over and over and over and over again. Too. And I just get into a happy mood. And then I list, I list what I'm excited for for the day. I give a couple of things. Maybe I'm excited to drink a lot of water. Maybe I'm excited to go for a run. Maybe I'm excited to uh, speak on the phone with you. You know, I list a couple of things that I'm excited to do. And today you were one of them. I was excited to speak with you. Oh, likewise. Right. <laughs> Thanks. And then right before I go to bed, I did the same thing again. But this, a few things I'm grateful for. In the beginning, I was doing three things I'm grateful for, three things I'm excited for. And then I thought... There's more than three. <laughs> so I like have an endless list of things I'm grateful for. And I share this with another. I share this with my girlfriend. We hold each other accountable for that. So even if we're tired and we just want to go to bed, I'm like, hey, what are you grateful for? You know, and it's just like it puts you into that grateful uh, space right before you close your eyes and fall asleep. What's one thing you do for your health, either daily or weekly? daily meditations and uh, cold showers, cold showers right in the morning, wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's one thing you're working on right now to live more sustainably? Buying fewer clothes. And I, you know, I'll go to a surf shop to buy clothes that, you know, they're already made. I don't go to fast, you know, uh, fast fashion or yeah, you know, those fast fashion. I normally shop at thrift stores and, and Goodwill stores. So I'm trying to say no to less clothes. So I can travel lighter. It's easier that way. And then there's less, less in my life that I have to worry about. What makes you most hopeful for our planet at the moment? <laughs> um, people give me hope. You know, this morning I had a, I, I spoke, I had a speech at the Soho House here in London, and there was ten people in my audience. And that's, you know, sometimes I have an audience of ten, sometimes I have an audience of two hundred. People who showed up gave me hope that, okay, I have 10 people here, I'm going to give them all my attention. And those people, I'm going to plant the seed and they're going to go and inspire other people. And what final words of wisdom do you have for us as green dreamers? Live your dreams. Step into, step into your dream and live it. Step into your dream and live it. 
Green Dreamer, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find the two tweetable takeaways from this interview and the full show notes with links and resources at greendreamer.com slash 106 for episode 106. You can reach me with feedback on how I can improve the show for you through the website's contact page. And you can find me on Instagram at Kamea Shane and also on our new podcast account at Green Dreamer Podcast. Finally, as we're wrapping up, just remember, now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and I will catch you later, Green Dreamer.